0: Hi everyone, this is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live—not live, but not dead either. Far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear, it's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words. You know, like "fooey," and we call each other "cur" a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here, uh, here and there. So, just so you know, if you want to protect your your delegate paper ears from uh, our our cutting remarks um just be aware of that so uh sit back or i don't know go for a jog whatever you do when you listen to podcasts i'm not your dad i could be we don't know pretty sure i'm not send me a letter
1: coming up on the summer reading podcast
0: outside of like Watching a ballerina perform a ballet. Yeah. Watching movers move furniture. It's
1: amazing. I. It's some of
0: the most graceful human experience. Yeah. Uh, I've ever seen people uh, execute. Mm-hmm. It's and so they brought it. It was like that. What like man, I I could feel myself throwing my back out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Summer Reading Podcast, the podcast where a librarian and a professor uh, read and review all of the books you were assigned to read in English class. I am your professor. My name is Jack. My pronouns are he, him.
1: And I'm your librarian. My name is Marty, and my pronouns are she, her.
0: And don't you know it, today we're talking about Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Ta-da! Um, and for the listener's benefit... Uh, Marty held her copy of the book up to the camera. I sure did. And, and proffered it. <laughs> as if it was what was behind door number for one. For
1: all of, yeah, for all the listeners. As,
0: <laughs> to <as> see. Good. <laughs> good. How are you doing today, Marty?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Um... Uh, especially after i texted you that i had a, a life-saving fluffer nutter so i'm feeling good now um, it's a
0: load-bearing fluffer nutter it, it right yeah.
1: there. <laughs> there might be another one in my in my near future yeah. <laughs> um, but no i'm good i'm uh, i'm getting to the point where i might have a baby like any day now and that would be cool like the baby would
0: be healthy and everything would be i mean presumably oh, having the baby i thought yeah. you were about, i'm about to have a baby and a fluffer nutter would be
1: cool. Oh yeah, well I mean that too. But
0: <laughs> is it a boy or a girl? It's a sandwich.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm I'm you know like huge and getting tired, um, quicker than I normally do. But um. But otherwise, I'm good. I don't know. You know, life's good. It's Sunday. It's the afternoon. It's a beautiful day out it's a
0: religious holiday here in america yes it is super bowl sunday it is at time of recording this
1: puppy bowl sunday as well
0: puppy yeah yeah (laughs) depending on your denomination
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and how are you jack what's up
0: i'm i'm good. good um we're recording in the afternoon which we don't normally do, but it is a Sunday, so I figured uh, you can drink whenever you want on a Sunday.
1: Damn straight.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: we, we see you, all you brunchers who get, <laughs> get trashed
0: Brunchers,
1: 10 a.m. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we don't judge. That's right, we we're don't. Here, we're here to observe. That's right. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, a, it's good. It's a good day. It is a good day. Yeah. It's a good day. I don't, not like a breakout into song kind of day. Yeah. But I have been, I've been dancing. I've been dancing in nice. my, my apartment because nice. I got those bookshelves. <gasps> oh my God.
1: That picture you sent me. They're gorgeous.
0: Yeah. It is a, it's a proper, yeah. it's a proper library. It's real there.
1: nice. I can't wait to see it in, in real life.
0: So the, we had, we had movers mm-hmm. bring them because my dad and I tried to lift them and we're like, Whoa, man. Ooh. Okay. Um, And I love movers. <clears throat> yeah. Like, like seeing one, these two, these two guys were like friends. We're oh, on the phone. Nice. They're, they're calling me and they're like, we're 10 minutes out. And what, for whatever reason, they are cracking up. They're like, we're, we're, 20, we're 10 minutes out. And I'm like, good, good for you guys. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're going through and they're going through and they, they just looking at those <laughs> yeah. bookcases, and, the, yeah. and then they do it and they're like, Oh yeah. Uh, all you need now is to fill it up. And it like. And the other guy was like, yeah, you got books? And I was like, yeah, I got a huge pile. Yeah. And I pointed at the pile of books. And then the guy goes, oh. <laughs> 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 That's
1: great. Oh, you're one of those. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> they are nice. They are really, really sweet guys.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. All right. So, mm. their eyes were watching God yeah. by Zora Neale Hurston.
1: Um, have you read this one before? No, I haven't. It's. I feel like it's been on my to-read list, like mentally, for a very long time. Um, but I. This is. This was the first read for me. Um, that's
0: that's really surprising. Yeah. I, I would have definitely have have pegged you for someone who had read this and like, one of those pick it off the shelves. Yeah. Movie.
1: Yeah. I don't know why um i had never i had never actually picked it up but um yeah it was great to have um a reason to go and grab it and um dive right into it uh i really yeah i mean i'll go into it more but i really enjoyed it um how about you had you read this one before
0: i i had okay so i read this one before but i couldn't remember when
1: oh interesting
0: and so as as we've sort of made a habit of saying on the show. Mm. Um, means I was fairly confident. It meant I read this in my in your dark year. Bad year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the dark age. Yep. Um but then uh, I looked into it because huh, that's all like I have that all archived. Mm. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I apparently I had read this in twenty sixteen, which was not the bad
1: Oh, year. okay. Uh,
0: but I do know that my original copy of the book I got off of the free book cart that they had Oh the, nice. in the English department at UMass Lowell. Yeah. Um, and that was always good. Sometimes there was a real steal. Yeah, I had to like I had to put an embargo on getting books from there because I kept walking away from books. And I'm like, I'm never gonna read this. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know that they have books there and they're free, so it's a bad deal to not grab one. But then I was like, No, you're not gonna right. like or appreciate this, right? Like, all right. Uh, and then a couple of years for Christmas, uh, a, a dear dear friend of mine, she gave, uh, she gave us a new a new copy. Oh, lovely. So I've got this new copy. Ooh, over I like there. that. I Yeah, it's it's a nice design. It's got um, they quote Alice Walker.
1: Oh, nice.
0: um, Okay. On the cover because apparently, well, we'll get into this when we talk about Zora Neale Hurston. But Alice Walker, uh, she hugely yeah promoted. Yes. Yeah. Yes, hugely influenced by uh, Zora Neale Hurston, Um, because this I would say is one of the American novels. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Ca- capital The. Yeah. um, And it's not, it's definitely, I would say, not as famous as The Great Gatsby. Right. Um, or maybe To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Um, But I I would say, like, if you're talking about the great American novels or the famous American novels, and th- this is not, if it doesn't come up in the first breath, it needs to come up in like the second or third breath. Yeah, it is, yeah. Uh, it is one of the... Books. Yeah, Um, and so I did. I actually did a lot of um, extra homework
1: for this
0: one, um, as I was uh, like frantically texting you and making ravioli. Yeah, and um, and trying to get get all this uh, get this off the ground. Um, But uh, let's let's talk about Hurston. Yeah, let's 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 talk about Hurston. Let me. Where my 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 notes? Uh, It's fine. Okay, so. Uh, Their Eyes Were Watching God uh, is a novel, uh, originally published in 1937, Mm -hmm. uh, with the copyright renewed several times in the past hundred years. Uh, Hurston herself was born in 1891 uh, and passed away in 1960 uh she was a famous author anthropologist and filmmaker i, I didn't know about no, the f-
1: i had no idea that she was an anthropologist and filmmaker as well i yeah
0: like,
1: that blew my I mind i didn't know the
0: filmmaker part uh but i have read uh some of her anthropological work um I'm, i've read i i thought i had it but yeah. i don't know where the where the book went but i read um Barracoon. oh okay um, by Zora Neale Hurston, and that, uh, it's a, it's a fabulous read. Yeah. Uh, also, it helps because she's a fabulous writer. Oh my god, she's um, amazing, yeah. She, she's she's got a lot of technical, just know how, she's like, okay, I want to do this this way, and then she does it. Yeah. Um, she is, uh, uh, one of the writers of the Harlem Renaissance, mm-hmm. uh, which, like, when I was doing my extra homework, uh, I was, like, how have we not yet had a Harlem Renaissance? I know,
1: I was thinking the same thing, yeah. Right,
0: yeah, because yeah, then I was thinking like, okay, yeah, Langston Hughes, right. Claude McKay. Right,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, W-E- W.E.B. Du Bois. Yes. Hanging with Du Bois? Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: We should, um, yeah, we should do all of them. Yeah, and so uh, Harlem Renaissance, Um. I wanted to do, so here, here like, I hit a stumbling block. With my research. Okay. Um, cause I was doing uh, a lot of extra reading, um, a lot of secondary reading for this and I just felt like I was a white man mm. reading research by other white scholars yeah, yeah, about this black text. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I got to a point where I'm like, okay, I, I think I just have to accept that I'm imperfect yep. and yep. that I'm, I'm never going to be able to do this like totally like how it needs to be done. Right. Do it justice um, in
1: the, in the same way that you could, you know, in other circumstances of your life and personhood. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I uh I found on zornilahurston dot mm-hmm. uh this whole biography page oh, of cool. Hurston and Hurston's life um and it uh it's re- really wonderful um it's a, a fantastic biography because it's also it's written like a story
1: ah oh, as well I like love the that. the person
0: writing the biography like knows it's like okay it's very interesting it's very it's very round the yeah very round um. And so I wanted to shout out, they have uh, the name of the author of the biography on the page. So it was written by Valerie Boyd. Okay. Um, and I, I have some pull quotes here that I want to uh, share with you. Yeah. Directly from uh, the official biography page on uh, Hurston's I'm, website.
1: I'm looking at her website right now, too. And okay. It's, it's beautiful. Yep.
0: So it, it's really wonderful. Yeah. And so uh, here, first, Boyd. I rightfully says Hurston became the most successful and most significant black woman writer of the first half of the 20th century mm-hmm. um which is awesome it's also there's a lot of qualifiers in there it's like the first half of the 20th century black woman writer yeah uh it's in there which is uh great because she and it's important and she's a fantastic writer yeah
1: um
0: I think I think we're gonna come out of this episode knowing like we're gonna be pro Hurston oh yeah um yeah. uh And so Boyd writes, the names of the writers who beat out Hurston for first place in reference to an award that Hurston got an honorable mention in. Um, So the names of the writers who beat out Hurston for that first place that night would soon be forgotten but the name of the second-place winner buzzed on tongues all night and for days and years to come. Mm. Um, and I thought that was such a badass way of yeah. phrasing it. It's like, Hurston didn't win, but you don't fucking remember the other people.
1: Right, right. We
0: know we know Hurston.
1: Yeah, that's amazing.
0: Uh, yeah, really it's it's well written and then there's also a timeline mm-hmm. next to there's the biography and there's the timeline next to it so it's it's actually I think it's a decent reference text if people are looking to write about Hurston and want to have some background information to provide nice um, and uh, so we have that and uh, additionally um, I believe the year is 1904 mm-hmm. uh, Hurston's mother passes away Uh when she is a teenager. Mm-hmm. And the way that it's phrased or the way that um Hurston wrote about it I don't want to get it wrong. Alright. Uh Hurston's idyllic childhood came to an abrupt end though when her mother died in nineteen oh four. Zora was only thirteen years old. Quote, the hour that hour began my wanderings, she later wrote. Oh. Not so much in geography, but in time then not so much in time as in spirit.
1: Oh, my God.
0: So... uh, Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she's 13 years old, and then there's this make-or-break moment in her life when her mother passes away, and she starts the critical thought of becoming Mm -hmm. uh, where that comes in. And then we can kind of... I think we can kind of see uh, this motherlessness. Yes. Uh, come back in their eyes are watching God
1: absolutely uh, yeah because it, that's I feel like that is so central to Janie's story and her her progress throughout life um, mm-hmm. is that she does always have this um, sense of being bereft of having a mother um, mm-hmm. and you know she has um, her grandmother who raises her but, um, but she never has that strong maternal connection that she she's really craving, I think, throughout yes. a lot of the story. She's,
0: she's unanchored. Yeah. Through, throughout her life. Yeah. Uh, so do you have anything to add about the life of, uh, of Hurston? No,
1: no. Uh, um, I, I did. One thing that I thought was interesting was that she was not given the recognition that I think she deserved until the 1970s. Um, hmm at least that's what I read. I don't know if you had different information, but... and that Alice, She was buried in an unmarked grave. Yeah, and that Alice Walker was actually very um, instrumental. She had written a piece, which I forgot to write down the title of, that was all about um, finding and discovering the works of Zora Neale Hurston. And I believe it was in Miss Magazine, um, or Ms. Magazine. Um, and that kind of brought uh, Hurston back into the uh uh popular knowledge or canon what have into you into the zeitgeist the zeitgeist yes that's such <laughs> a good word oh um yeah which I, th- I thought was fascinating honestly um because i would think you know that just having read this and learning a little bit more about her life i i would think that she would have been influential from the time mm-hmm. of this publication so. She's
0: she's got a very interesting life. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the beautiful things about her life is the profound legacy mm-hmm. she has. Um, and so obviously I think Alice Walker is a great uh, example mm-hmm. of like, okay, uh the the heritage. So the importance of heritage yeah. and how we get literary heritage in here. So we like a direct like a direct literary descendant of their eyes are watching bo- God. Bod? Right. Who the fuck's bod? <laughs> Um we, We've got The Color Purple. Um, yeah. Uh, and, you know, say that with an asterisk because since we recorded Color Purple a year ago. Yes. Um, we have since learned things about Alice Walker.
1: That are very disappointing and upsetting. But, yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, to. Uh, for that so yeah yeah god it's really exciting if if you are a fan of their eyes are watching god which i'm sure you are um uh, take a minute pop over to zora neil com slash about mm-hmm. and just peruse the biography it's a good read
1: yeah yeah
0: it's a good read um all right okay so what's this book about this their eyes are watching god is uh, a book about young Janie crawford Um, I, I read, I read uh, this synopsis (laughs) that describes Janie as middle-aged, um, but I think, well, I think because of the framework, they say that she's middle-aged at the beginning and at the end, because it starts with this sort of frame, but it follows Janie Crawford, uh, essentially throughout a history of three husbands. Yes. Um, she's a, a young, attractive black woman, um, who marries, uh, for security first at the advice of her, uh, grandmother who's mm-hmm. been raising her. So she marries, a, a a man who she does not care for named, uh, Logan Killicks.
1: I'm glad that you remembered his name. Cause I had forgotten it.
0: <laughs> Kill, Kill, yeah. Killicks or Hillix, I don't remember, but there's yeah. an Hillix in there. Um, and then from there, uh, she sort of runs off with this smooth-talking um, upstart, Jody. Uh, Jody, um, who they lived together in marriage for twenty years unt- until a very unsavory end. Yeah. Uh, where th- whereby then she leaves and she uh, falls in love with uh, Tea Cake, mm-hmm. a man uh, over ten years younger than her. Um, and, uh, they get together, and they, they, you know, you know, it's not perfect, but, uh, it's satisfying. It's a satisfying love. Yeah. Um, until, uh, a a hurricane comes by, sweeps them away, in the chaos, TK gets bitten by a rabid dog. So um, awful. Ugh. His health goes, takes a turn for the worst, um, he then... Becomes convinced because of these issues with his health that he thinks, uh, Janie is cheating on him. Mm -hmm. He tries to kill her. She kills him in self-defense. Uh, she's tried for murder. A white jury finds her not guilty. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, at that point she returns to have a, a, the conversation that she starts at the beginning of the book with her friend, Phoebe Watson. Um, Watson is her last name. Watson. Her, yeah. Her friend Phoebe. Her friend Phoebe. Um, uh, and that's the book.
1: Yeah, and um, she's returning to the house that she owns, um, that she and Jody had together for twenty some odd years. Um, that she just, she kind of just ran off into the night with tea cake, um, and left it left it behind. So, uh, let's let's dig in. Yeah. And Give me your thoughts. <laughs> so um, you did get the name right. It's Killix. Killix. Yeah, Killix. Um, so this this book, I think I texted you like right at the very beginning of reading yeah. it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so gorgeous. Like just the, the imagery, the writing. Um, I really, really loved it. And I loved um, there was so much about awakening the heart in this book. And I kept, I kept being scared that like something like horrendous was going mm-hmm. um, not to happen. Not to say that bad things didn't happen, but I like.
0: <laughs> yeah, of, of course. Bad it things wasn't... happen,
1: you know, or, like whatever. I wouldn't but... call it a
0: rom-com.
1: No, no. Um, but like, for instance, and this, I don't know if this is just me um, basing basing this idea on like Things that I have read that take place at a similar time in history, um, but I was, <laughs> I kept expecting like something awful to happen when she would like run off with the next guy, like when she leaves um, Logan to go with Jody, and they go to this town that is going to be basically founded by all by an all black community, and they want to have you know a post office, and they want to have a. a a store and like they want to have all of this um, business and this community that's like strong and healthy. And I'm thinking like, Oh my God, this is going to turn into like, like the white neighbors are going to come in and just fucking destroy it. Like I I was just like scared that that was going to happen. And then so relieved when it didn't, (laughs) you know, I, I don't know if that is like, again, I don't know if that's just me basing my, my other readings or my other knowledge of how this has gone in history. Um, Yeah.
0: And we're sort of trained, we're we're trained to sort of believe that if the characters are black, that the story has to be tragic. Yeah.
1: And I was so glad that it wasn't, you know, I was so um, relieved and grateful to read just this story about a really interesting woman who is struggling to find love. And like, mm-hmm. and struggling to find love in a way that is very real and relatable. Like, like you said, it's not a rom com. It's not like, you know, these these dashing men are sweeping into her life. It's like, oh, like you know, I I really thought that life with Jody was going to be different than it was with Logan. But actually, he just kind of wants me to do the same thing that Logan did. <laughs> like, yeah. he wants me to have this this persona of being, you know, um, the refined lady and, you know, I'll just like listen to whatever he says and I won't ever fight back. And, Mm -hmm. um, and she is just, uh, she resists that, you know, she, um, she does fight back. She, um, she asserts herself in a way that the men that she is married to don't appreciate until she marries tea cake. And then I think tea cake gets her in a way that she Mm -hmm. and she doesn't quite believe it at the beginning. She's like, no, you're just, you're just fucking with me. And he's like, no, no, I actually like, I really love you. And like, I really want to be with
0: you and open communication. Yeah.
1: And they, and they do have a, they have a contentious relationship at various points, but they really do. They connect, they understand each other and they really do have a strong love for
0: each other. And those, those points of contention, um, I feel like is what makes the relationship realistic yeah. and not idealistic. Yes. Yeah. So so you, you get this like real fulfilling, long awaited, mm-hmm. satisfying relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like the land of milk and honey. You, right. You have, it's still a relationship. And, yeah. And I think that is really something that like, coheres the story. It's not... There's no reward in suffering. Right. It's not like, okay, you did your time with these two men who were awful yeah. and you hated, so now you just get a good man. Yeah. It, it's... You get a man who's, who loves you and is willing to try and, and do his best despite the fact that he's going to make mistakes. And yeah. And you are also going to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. It's satisfying. It is.
1: It is. It's really... It's really lovely, and it's really um, there's something that's actually really beautiful about the way when she finally finds tea cake, he finds her, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they 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 do kind of just like run off into the night together, and I I love that because she is she's a grown she's a grown woman, he's a grown man. They have these like established lives, but they decide like. You know we want to start something new together
0: there's and the romance of it all
1: it's and it there's something just so lovely about that because um and i think that that scares her too because she at, at one point she's referencing i can't remember the woman's name but a woman who kind of runs off into the night with a younger man and comes back in disgrace um because he just used her for her money um And she, you know, Janie has this real fear that tea cake is going to do that. And that also, I think, is like very, very realistic, very human um, that you're like, she's like, oh, my gosh, like, I I haven't felt this way before or I haven't felt this way in 20 years. Mm -hmm. And When's the other shoe gonna drop? <laughs> you know, it's like when uh-huh. when is the, when is the shit gonna hit the fan? Like this. I have kit.
0: learned that the bad stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. When's the bad stuff?
1: When happen? is it gonna happen? When's it gonna come? And yes, yeah, and it's um, and I love the the life that they step into. You know, she goes from living a pretty privileged life. You know, having a big house, running a store to working as a farmer and like living in a hut and she's so much happier than she was when she was with Jody um because she has this fulfilling relationship um and and they find a really vibrant community too where they when they move so um so yeah i just i don't there's so much to love in this book there really is <laughs> like it's yeah
0: Building off of that, yeah. so you, you made you made note of like just waiting for the terrible thing.
1: To yeah, happen. yeah.
0: Um, and in that way, I, I think it's really clear how we can look at a book like *The Color Purple* mm-hmm. as um, a literary predecessor, mm. where there is a lot of hardship mm-hmm. and injustice that mm-hmm. these characters consistently need to face. Um, but it's not going to be that and then you die.
1: Right, right. Um,
0: and th- their eyes were watching God is very much uh, good, like, it's worth searching for. Yeah. It's worth going out and trying to to find that thing you feel is lacking in your life. Yeah. Um, because there is uh, so much, like, the way I phrased it is, uh, I think relating to your mention of Uh, her trying to find love. Yeah. Um, The way I uh, was writing about this was I was using the term Mm. self-actualization and how in many cases I see uh, Janie's fight for love Mm -hmm. um, as playing into this quest for self-actualization. Yeah. Like, I I want a life where I feel like me. Yeah. 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 Um, And for so much of her life, she straight up does not get to be her. Yeah. She has her grandmother saying, you need to do this for stability. Then you have her first two husbands who are like, you're going to do this and you're going to be this thing. Yeah. Um, And uh, she doesn't get to embody or she doesn't even get to explore what she could possibly want right. uh, from her own life. Right. Um, and it's not until we get to tea cake where you have these two characters who are sort of helping each other heal
1: mm-hmm. through
0: love, mm-hmm. um, and work towards selves that feel like as close to themselves as they've ever been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's also uh, a big uh, narrative arc commonly found in uh, African-American literature Mm -hmm. uh, and black books where you see uh, core elements of the book are characters trying to figure out who they are and what their identity is and how their identity one plays plays into uh, a sort of national identity politics, Mm -hmm. uh, but also an immediate social um, identity politics uh, and uh, it's it it's just coalesces yeah so uh the idea of i don't know I, I don't think so i wouldn't i wouldn't really argue that she ever fully achieves that self actualization but she gets so close
1: she does and she she i love that the the beginning and end of this book are her coming to Phoebe and telling her story from this place of real strength. Um,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Whereas, as you mentioned, like earlier in her life, she really has people. And I'm not saying that they, that it's all ill intentioned or anything like that, but she has people kind of moving her around like a pawn like okay so this is what you need to do to to have a good life like listen to me i'm gonna tell you
0: the and, grandmother's a fantastic example
1: yeah like, and she not
0: in an ill-intentioned but no, you should do this
1: exactly um and and the grandmother the grandmother loves her you know and she does um i think that she sees that Janie is is kind of on this quest from a very young age and it scares her because Mm -hmm. she has many years to look back on and she's she sees you know what does happen sometimes (laughs) you know you you think you think that you're on the right path and then everything falls apart around you and she doesn't want that for this girl that
0: she loves so much I think it's also vital to note that Janie's grandmother is a freed slave. Yeah. So uh, there, there is, uh, there is a generational gap.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and uh, you know, a socio political gap mm-hmm. in what freedom means for these two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming f- coming from that position where the grandmother's like, you you need to do this. Yeah. Uh, her sense of security is is vastly different coming from the position of being someone who is a, a freed slave. Right. Right. Uh, Trying to protect someone who they love, who has always been free.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the,
0: in the slavery sense.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's a,
0: that's a big, yeah. That's a big caveat.
1: an enslaved person. And her grandmother was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, um, Oh, there was something else. Sorry, you should continue on because there was something that jumped to mind, um, and I lost it while we were talking. Um,
0: I uh, I'd like to talk about dialect.
1: Oh yes, I would love to talk about dialect. Uh,
0: so, I was I was reading up on the the dialect of of the book, um, and it was when I was reading uh, I'll, I'll shout it out, sure. Um, I found this book called, um, Dialect and Dichotomy. Where is it? I have it here.
1: So this all takes place in Florida, right? Like even the beginning when she is with her grandmother, I believe they live, they live in Florida and then she just sort of travels. I don't
0: remember the the state. I remember Eatonville. Yeah. And I, I just assumed it's the American South. Um.
1: I'm pretty Listen. sure I'm pretty sure it's Di- all Florida.
0: Yeah. Dialect and Dichotomy by Lisa Cohen Minnick Okay, is what I was reading, and I was reading specifically chapter seven, which talks about the language of um, their eyes were watching God. Oh. Um, and I, I was gonna pull from it, but the university is telling me that my reading session has expired. No. Sorry, this ebook is unavailable. Oh no. no. Why don't you go fuck yourself? Do
1: you have to log back in? That's probably something access like
0: ebook. <clears throat> Loading your ebook experience. No, it's fine. I'm here. <laughs> I was... It was so minor. All right, but so this, I I read this chapter, community and conflict, saying and doing in their eyes were watching God, mm. um, and I think it's a fantastic chapter. One, if you love their eyes were watching God, um, I think. I think it's an interesting and useful text to use if you're a scholar Mm -hmm. working on something. But I also think from a linguistic standpoint, it's very interesting because this is a chapter that will mark, um, or sorry, not mark, map out. They'll map out uh, different dialectic variants that the different characters use as a means of showing one uh, class and social structures within this social ecosystem that, that Hurston renders mm-hmm. um, th- through the language. Because if, if you're not familiar with Their Eyes Are Watching God, it's, it's a, a really interesting um, technical approach to writing language. Yes, uh, And so this chapter uses, um, Minick uses Gates's term, uh, a speakerly book. It Has a very speakerly voice. Oh,
1: I love that.
0: Uh, and the if you're unfamiliar with it, half of the book is dialogue.
1: Yeah.
0: Like at least half of the book is dialogue. Um, and Minic uses the phrase standard English. So, I, and I don't, I don't like that, but it's the phrase that she uses. Okay. Um, when characters are not speaking to each other, the book is written in standard English, which is you know it person's writing in this very gorgeous, oh, it's beautiful, so gorgeous um, yeah. prose. One the whole time. Yes. Um, but when you have uh just the the plain text or the standard English prose, it's not dialectic. Everything mm-hmm. is spelt according to uh the American dictionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and and sure, there's some free indirect discourse there where we we find ourselves like weaving into a character's mind, but the other half is dialect and the dialect is written. Like I was uh, like, uh, the word "gwine," uh, G W I N E as, uh, a a way to say going. Yeah. Um, or
1: I, I'm as a H apostrophe M.
0: uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Show enough Yeah. for sure enough. Um, uh, and, I think it's a very smart way Mm. of, of giving voice to this population in a way that still claims that the book is and isn't written in dialect. Right. Um, And so there's this really interesting conversation that happens between the text itself with itself, Mm. where you have the dialogue of the characters in, in, you know, in dialect and you have the prose, which moves and moderates the characters um, not written in dialect. Yeah. In a way that has these different forms of language sort of coalescing in this in this sort of movement. There's a movement to to the music of the piece.
1: And I'll say that it's never it's it's written. This the style is so well done that it's never jarring when when you're reading it. At least it wasn't for me. Um, it I never feel like. Oh I have to adjust my brain because now we're we're in the prose part. Oh wait, now somebody is speaking in dialect. Mm-hmm. It's like um, it flows quite naturally and and seamlessly throughout the text, I think.
0: I'm a big believer. I, I've said it before. I'll say it probably either until I die or someone makes a better argument. Ah. Um, uh, a good book teaches you how to read it mm. Uh, and this is certainly a book that teaches you how to read
1: it. I really like that. Yeah.
0: Y- yeah. It's like, I, when you're growing up and they say, if you start a book, give it the first 50 pages or the first 80 pages or the first 100 pages. Um. At that point, I'm like, if I'm a hundred pages in, I'm reading the book. <laughs> right, right. I'm not, it's still, it's not in the probationary period anymore. I'm reading the fucking book.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but p- part of that is, not only are you there to try to see, oh, is the story for me? Mm-hmm. It's there for you to be able, like, okay, can my brain process how the author is doing what they're doing?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and and Hurston uh, here does that exceptionally well. She does. She, the first fifty pages is going to tell you here are the tools the author's going to use. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can play off of that and they can vary off of that, but you, you sort of understand here's the here are the objects, here's the furniture of the book, mm-hmm. and here here's the climate. Yeah. Uh that's gonna going to go on. And then from there any like major plot twist or uh what have you about it is going to vary off uh vary off of uh the the period of the book in which the author's teaching you how to read it yeah um and so if you if you come out of a book feeling like i i have no idea what happened um you can either say is that what the author wanted or you could say they did a they did a poor job teaching me how to navigate this piece of art
1: yeah yeah um no i totally agree with that i um uh Uh, Yeah, I'm sorry. My brain just died. (laughs) It died mid-sentence. Your
0: your cat is moving around. My
1: cat is moving around, and then the baby started moving in my belly, and so I'm just like, what's going on? You Um, (laughs) have a whole family affair going on (laughs) over there. Yeah, it's happening over here. So, um, no, I'm really glad that you brought up the dialect, though, because I do think that it's so... um, it's so essential to building this world and um, giving us a better sense of the communities that she's navigating and living through. And, um, and even, you know, the way, um, the way Janie uses her dialect dialect and the way she um, talks to and interacts with the people around her. Um, I really love there was there's that one section where she's in the store, and she's um, she's watching. I'm trying to remember if it's she's watching this kind of flirtation unfold, that she knows like she she says to the reader, this is um this is like a dance. This is like a ritual dance that they're doing. Like this dialogue, this back and forth, that that these people are um engaging in and she's watching it from a distance and absolutely loving it and wanting to like see how it plays out. And part of, part of that scene for me was like that they are kind of using these, um, I don't know, these phrases, this like this language that um, is uh, it's like, it's an indicator or it's a code that says like, we're playing right now. Like we're having some fun Mm -hmm. together. And, um, and then of course, Jody comes in and is like, you can't be engaging with these people. Like this is beneath you. And she's like, but this is so fun. You know, (laughs) I, and I love, um, I just love moments like that. Um, Uh, and I, I don't think it would be as compelling were the dialect, not so, um, unique and specific.
0: Yeah, so Lisa Cohen Minnick in uh, Dialect and Dichotomy asserts that – I feel so fucking <laughs> – in this paper, the – You're
1: so academic. Noted, scho-
0: noted scholar is such, <laughs> such artifice. It's so bullshit. Um, uh, Minnick states that it, words speak louder than actions. Yeah in the book rather than how we we tend to hear the phrase actions speak louder than words. Yeah, yeah. Um and that's a perfect example of like okay, conversation as game.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Co- conversation as survival, conversation as connection. Yeah. Um and, and and so normally normally and I've said this before um I don't love books that are like all dialogue
1: Right, yes, Um, you have talked about
0: this. I'm I'm a real bastard about it. (laughs) Um, But this book is not that. No. It is not an all dialogue book. It's it's half dialogue.
1: I was going to say it's well balanced, I think, is the difference.
0: There's a balance to it and there's an intentionality behind Mm -hmm. it. Like, like in m- most books, look in many books, most books, the fuck you Jack? <laughs> um, in many books where it seems like any prose you get that's not dialogue is just there to get you to the next bit of dialogue. Mm. Um, the story world is never as fleshed out as it should be. Yeah, um, or it, like it's never as engaged as it should be. And when I say that, I mean um, intentionality-wise. Mm-hmm. So there's an intentionality between the the proliferation of dialogue here uh, in such a way that I'm never lost in space. You right. know what's going on. You know who's there. Right. You, know, uh, you know the physical world. You understand the physical world around you in this book. Um, and that is then... Reinforced, sort of symbiotically, with the relationship between straight prose and uh, dialogue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was about to go off on how a lot of books aren't aren't balanced like that. They don't understand the balance. But I was like, I don't need to put that energy out into the world. Yeah,
1: we don't need a rant right now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. There's there's no um.
0: There's no pro- productivity in grumpiness. Yeah here so we don't we don't need that but just just know i'm watching you um
1: did you did you happen to have like a favorite um character or favorite event that happened in this book i'm just curious
0: i do so i do have a moment where okay when my sister my brother-in-law and i are watching a movie and or a television show Mm -hmm. and they say the name of of the they say the title in the show yeah we'll say roll credits
1: yeah
0: um and there is the moment towards the end where the hurricane comes up, yep. and they're all looking up at the sky. And she says, "Their eyes were watching God." Yeah. I'm always like, "Roll credit." Yeah. We got there, folks. Yep.
1: Yep. We're there.
0: That's the time. That's the time. Yeah. They like, like the idea of she had no idea what the title of the book was going to be until she fell on that line.
1: Yeah. And then and it was. Like, like, their like, eyes were
0: watching God. That's it. That's it's not it. like
1: it's gold. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like
0: the three husbands of Janie Crawford. Right. Which, if this book came out in 2022. That's probably what it would be called. <laughs> there were like seven and a half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle or right, the seven husbands right. of. Uh, <laughs> some, some Somebody of Hugo. Hugo.
1: Evelyn Hugo? Evelyn, Evelyn Hugo? Hugo? Is it also I Evelyn? Think that's also Evelyn,
0: yeah. Yeah, recent past. Huge, huge, yeah. <laughs> huge time for Evelyn's.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. Um, I, I don't know. That's
0: good. It's a good dactylic name.
1: It is. It is. Evelyn. Yeah. Um yeah, I God, I just I keep thinking about too like the imagery that she uses um as Janie is kind of having these like mini awakenings throughout the story. And mm-hmm. there's the one at the very beginning where she's you know, she's young and she is about to be married off to um Logan and it's that image of the tree and it's like the the scent of the tree and the the breeze through the tree and just like oh my god it's just so i don't know it's
0: sensational
1: it is it is it's so beautiful and um and then the things that happen that are like really tragic and really you know like when um, when Jody is dying um that it hits home in this like really brutal way because he, he just kind of like turns on Janie. Um, and she,
0: she was saved and damned.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: By this man.
1: It's so awful. Um, and then tea cakes death too. I mean, it's just like, she sees this man that she loves who really, really knew her and understood her. Um, turn rabid essentially just
0: yeah he he decays
1: yeah yeah um i don't know so that's me like jumping into the prose the prose bits that really stuck with me um and some of the one of the things that i did i think i wrote this in my notes the whole thing about the mule the mule dying. <laughs> I was like, okay. I feel like we spent way too much time on the mule. I don't know if that was just. Well, me I mean, we could look at the... or if That's like, like
0: we could look just... at the semiotics of this. <laughs> oh, no, no. It said, like, a mule is a work animal.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and we can see the way that that Janie employed, but we're we're working with. We're, I think we're working with a uh, poetics here. That I, I, we are. We
1: are. Yeah.
0: I I don't know, I don't know if it's um. I can't speak to its efficacy at this time.
1: (laughs) Well, and also, there's a part of me that's like, well, maybe if I was reading this in a different time, thinking about mules in a different way, I would, it would resonate more with me, right? Like the death of a mule. Well, you know what?
0: If, just say you don't have a heart.
1: I don't. I don't have a heart. That's, that's what it is.
0: We've been banding about this for
1: For 30
0: episodes. Just say you don't have a heart.
1: (laughs) I'm just a heartless, cruel bastard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, you wanna go to rabbits? Mm, mm-hmm. Alright. I do indeed. Th- then let's do that.
1: Alright. Rabbits.
0: I hate rabbits. If there's anything I hate more than a rabbit, it's two rabbits. Welcome to rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> This is the segment at the end of the show where we uh, rate the day's book on a scale of none to five rabbits. We can do a decimal rabbit. Just don't think too hard about what it means to give something half of a rabbit. Mm. So, uh, Marty, their eyes were watching God. How many rabbits?
1: I'm giving this one four rabbits.
0: Four? Yeah. That's lower than I thought. Oh, really? That's lower Uh, than I thought.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Um no i i'm going with four because i really i really did love this book um i think i'm probably giving it four because i i don't know when i will pick it up again um there and you know me i'm a big rereader um but i'm so glad i read it it was really it was really gorgeous um and i really um i feel for Janie so much reading this book like And I just think that that speaks so much to, to Hurston as a writer, because there wasn't ever a moment where I was like, Oh, Janie, whatever, like get over it. It's like, you always, I, she, she writes in such a way that you can always relate to her. You know, it's like, there's, there's just always something that you're like, yes, I get it. Like, I, I know how this feels. Um, even though, obviously, she is living a completely different life than I am.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. Uh, so, uh, we're watching the television show Arrow.
1: Oh, I've never seen it.
0: Right now. You wouldn't like it.
1: <laughs> it's, is it a have, Marvel show?
0: It's, it's DC. DC, okay. It's DC. Um, uh, and uh, it's such a mellow drama.
1: Oh, that, and
0: it's exactly what I feel like you you just said. Yeah. But the the other side of that, which is like, oh, just get over it. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking get over it. You don't see how this is such a non problem.
1: Right. Right. You're
0: never like that with Janie. No. Like, but she is actually making the best of her circumstances. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like she tries so hard through every iteration of her life to to figure out. Um, where do I fit and where can I, where can I fit and be my most true self in this, in this role that I'm in, you know? Um, and, and I feel like that one thing I love about this is that it it takes us from when she's such a young girl, like she's, you know, a teenager up until she's in her, I think she's in her forties at the end and, 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 and she's still going through it you know and Mm -hmm. that to me is just like it's so beautiful because it's so true that like do you ever stop growing do you ever stop searching do you ever stop um becoming as a person and i don't think that you do but i think that there are so many um you know coming of age stories that are written when somebody's 17 and then it's like well now they know who they are for the rest of their lives and it's like fuck that you know
0: (laughs) it's a big problem having a (laughs) ya
1: yeah um, and Hurston, you know, she takes us... On... If you're,
0: if you're 18 and you have it all figured out, no, you don't. No,
1: Exactly. Um, and Hurston, she takes us on that journey and she does it in, um, just a really beautiful, relatable way. So, so yeah, solid four. Maybe I should go higher. I don't know, but I'm sticking with my guns on this one for, four rabbits. How about you, Jack?
0: Uh, I'm going to give it two rabbits. No, imagine...
1: Jesus! <laughs> I almost did a spit take on that
0: <laughs> I'm gonna give it four and a quarter
1: oh wow you're higher than me this time alright yeah well I, I was
0: gonna go I was gonna go even higher than that but then I was like no I was beat me up no no um, so I'm gonna go f- four and a quarter yeah I think when I first read it and I had like no memory of the first time I read it mm-hmm. I think that's in part because when I first read it I was like I don't fucking care about this yeah like, nothing's going on who care? You can't, and then I, I went back and I read it at this time and I was like, this is beautiful yeah, yeah. it's such story about perseverance and finding love and loving yourself yeah. and um, becoming I hate saying that this is a book about becoming fuck you every book is
1: I mean yeah but yeah <laughs> <laughs> At least all the good ones are right the I only mean... the
0: only books that aren't about becoming are about unbecoming. <laughs> twilight (laughs) might
1: be a book about unbecoming right
0: well i would say that's a fairly liberal use of the word book but
1: (laughs) oh god i sent you that uh,
0: the art the twilight article oh my
1: god that
0: uh by uh uh, my mom texted me the article, and uh, the the text she attached to it was, "And you thought you were done?"
1: So horrendous, <laughs>
0: or so, something like that. It was like a a fever dream. So, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, uh, four, four and a quarter. Nice. I almost gave it four and a half, but okay. I actually think I'm more comfortable with four and a quarter. Okay. It's beautiful. I think we put this on uh, on the shelf of like the summer. The Summer Required... I'm going to take that one again. <laughs> <laughs> the Summer Required Reading. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yes. It's it's beautiful. I highly put, recommend
0: everybody read it. Yeah, we'll put up there with House on Mango Street, yes. The Remains of the Day.
1: Oh, yes. All those um,
0: gorgeous... What else?
1: We've read, we read a lot. Gorgeous fucking books.
0: God. Gorgeous fucking books. <laughs> fucking beautiful fucking books.
1: <laughs> um... Yeah, Yeah, I know. It's it's
0: wonderful. All right. So, um, with that, it's hard to say goodbye.
1: I know. It's hard... hard to say goodbye
0: for, uh, for the week. Um, I got real sad for a second there. <laughs> I got legitimately sad. I'm like, I to want to say goodbye. But then I was like, we're going to do a second one of this immediately. It's true. So, we are. Yeah. Uh, we have been the Summer Reading Podcast. Thank you for watching us with your ears. Our <laughs> music was done by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Instagram at morrissey seventy seven. On Instagram? Did I say that? Yes, you can find him on Instagram. I think
1: you said that.
0: Uh, our editor is my brilliant, amazing, lovely, wonderful, brilliant Mother Frost, Samaria. You can find her on Instagram and on Etsy at CrochetWell, all one word. Mm-hmm. I have been your professor. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram at uh, JackFromTV.
1: And I have been your librarian. My name is Marty, and you can find me on Instagram at Marty underscore the K or Marty underscore Beck, depending on how you read it.
0: And Marty, would you tell us the email address?
1: Of course, I would love to. It is summer reading podcast at gmail.com. Please send us a note, um, give us feedback, give us book recommendations. Um, uh, tell us if there's anything we got wrong. Uh, we'd love to hear from you.
0: And be nice.
1: Be nice. That's right. Nice. Yeah, don't be jerks.
0: And uh, please <sighs> join us next week where we read, drum roll, uh, Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Yes. It's a proper book club book, this one. It
1: is. Yeah, I'm it definitely gonna, gonna is. Say. We're doing it uh, next in my book club, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, hear you then.